Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this two-part episode series of The Daily Dollop, I've got eight tips which are all you need to shape the healthy eating pattern you're after, one that you can actually stick to. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name's Kate Freeman. I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of The Healthy Eating Hub and The Healthy Eating Clinic. And today on The Daily Dollop, we are continuing my two-part series, which is another four tips. So you never have to do a diet again. I am encouraging you strongly this spring to not do a crazy diet, as tempting as that is, because I want you to take a more long-term approach to your eating habits. One, where you actually start to think about the habits routines and behaviors and skills that you need to eat well long term and you know healthy eating and eating according to your goals and your food preferences are a reasonably complicated set of skills that you need to have there's a lot of things that actually need to come together your knowledge of nutrition your um, your knowledge of the nutrition principles required to to meet your goals, knowledge of your own body and its needs, right? As well as then filtering that into who else you're living with in your home, your ability to cook in the kitchen, how um, organized you are with shopping, storing and prepping food, as well as then other triggers to eat around maybe emotional eating or celebratory eating or stuff like that. And so, It's not something that just comes from you deciding really, really hard one day because you're fed up with your weight and just being like, I am just going to try harder and I'm going to stick to this diet this time. You really need to start to break it down a little bit more and give yourself more time and space to develop the ability to eat in a way that you feel good about and that you feel confident in. And this stuff just takes time. And so I'm encouraging you in this two-part series and really this whole week because I've chatted about clean eating early in the week to take a more long-term approach, a more behavioral style, habit-based approach to your food rather than, you know, falling for one of the myriad of different programs that you are probably being bombarded with as we speak um, in your social media feeds. So let's keep moving on. The next tip, so tip number five is choosing whole food protein sources. So, gosh, there's a lot of mixed information around this stuff. There's this idea that, you know, meat is really bad for us or there are documentaries demonizing eggs. You know, there's a lot of dairy hate in the world. You know, then there's like thinking about sustainable fishing and farming and the environment, right? It's a pretty complex, contentious old place eating animal-based foods. Now, I don't actually feel like I have enough information to really talk on the environmental sustainability side of things, but certainly from a health perspective, 
meat, poultry, seafood, eggs and dairy 100% absolutely have a place within a healthy balanced diet if you choose to eat them. And I do believe that with the base of someone's diet being primarily plants and lots of veggies and things like that, that these other food groups from animal sources add in key elements of nutrition that we wouldn't get otherwise. However, if you choose not to eat those things, that's 100% okay as well and you can absolutely meet all of your needs if you plan your diet well from plant-based foods. If you do choose to eat animal foods, which is absolutely fine, I am an omnivore and eat. I eat everything. Actually, there's nothing I really don't eat. I love, I eat everything. Then focusing your attention on eating the whole food protein sources as being your like most common way to eat these foods is a really great way to one, ensure you're getting all the benefits of the nutrients from these foods. Because, you know, when you eat steak, yeah, you're getting protein, but you're also getting iron and zinc and B12 and other micronutrients from that that whole food. Whereas if you have a sausage, uh, you're getting maybe small amounts of those micronutrients, but you're getting a lot extra energy and the protein is a little bit more diluted for the energy that you're going to get from that more processed meat option. So certainly the the whole food version of your protein-based animal foods is a, um, a really great way to go about it. Certainly too much red meat has been associated with an increased risk of cancer. However, there are also many other factors that affect cancer risk uh, around this area. And if you look more closely at the research and they need to be accounted for when you look at an individual person and they're things like the person's physical activity levels, whether that person smokes or drinks, um, how much fiber that person is eating, what their vegetable intake is like, right? What's the rest of their diet and lifestyle factors looking like as well. So we, we, when we look at red meat, we do want to put it into the context of the whole individual. So a couple of thoughts around including them if you're happy to eat them. So when you're eating meat, poultry and seafood, again, aim for those whole food sources as opposed to the more processed options like bacon, ham, salami, schnitzel, nuggets, right, spam. I haven't eaten spam in a very long time. If you do enjoy processed meats, because I'll tell you what I do. I love bacon. How good is bacon? It's delicious. So, But it's not something I would want to include as a daily thing. In fact, it's probably only something I would eat once or twice a month, if that. Um, I love chorizo. Oh, how good is that? Right. So if you're going to enjoy processed meats, just do so sparingly. I love to add those foods into nice vegetable rich meals. Right. So I'm, you know, just making sure that the rest of the meal has lots of whole foods. And then I just enjoy the heck out of that. But for the most part, your whole food sources, steak and chicken breast, chicken thigh, you know, fresh or frozen fish fillets without crumbing, et cetera, are your best bets. And then obviously, you know, combining this advice with the tip from previous episode, which is building your diet mostly out of plants and of course, eating lots of vegetables. And so you do want the majority of what you're eating around, you know, three quarters of your plate, if you can, to be plant-based. So not just your veggies, 
but legumes, whole grains, nuts, seeds, and fruit. So habit around this is keep your fridge and freezer stocked with whole food protein sources. So chicken breast, um, chicken thigh, steak, eggs, fish fillets, salmon. And my tip would be to actually have it like either frozen or in the fridge in the portions that you're going to need to cook with. So if you're cooking for four people, have the meat or chicken or seafood separated out into the amount that's going to go for those four people. Because I find if I buy like chicken in bulk and then I don't separate it out and then I freeze it, ah, oh, then I have to defrost like four kilos of chicken, which then I don't want to do. And then I procrastinate using that chicken and then, do you know what I mean? And I just end up using something else and, th- and that chicken doesn't get used up until I have a motivated day where I'm motivated to defrost that much chicken. I don't know if anyone else feels like that, but these are the things that go on inside my brain. So if I have them portioned up and ready to go, it just makes me more likely to use them and, and easier to, um, to eat. The other thing with these whole food protein sources is many people love processed meats like schnitzel, sausages, bacon, etc. They love eating them because they're easy to cook, like you can't ruin them. So if you find you default to cooking things like schnitzel or sausages and things like that because you don't like cooking chicken breast or snake, snake, steak, because you dry it out or you don't feel confident with cooking it and it's not as nice as you would like, then that to me is just an opportunity for growth, like an area where you could just improve your skill. Because certainly if you feel confident cooking these things and you can cook them so they taste great, you'll obviously do it more readily. So maybe it's worth investing in improving your skills in those areas so that you feel more confident cooking them. Next tip is stop setting food rules. Just stop it. No more cans and can'ts, do's and don'ts. As soon as you create a food rule to follow, you set yourself up for failure, right? Um, Rules are for breaking, so stop setting them. Um, You are a grown adult. You can eat whatever you want. You can make your own food choices. Think about creating yourself habits and routines that support healthy choices and you'll never have to set a rule again. The other thing about a rule, and I've talked about this in a previous episode, is that we delay the rule. So the part of our brain that f- that likes the rule is satisfied because we make it in the first place, like no chocolate for me. But then there's an uh, other half of you, another part of you that wants to eat the chocolate. And so to satisfy that part, you are like, well, I'll eat the chocolate now and then I'll follow the rule tomorrow. And that's how you keep both parts of your brain happy. But really what happens is the rule never comes because you keep delaying the rule until tomorrow and then this horrid, frustrating, perpetual cycle. So I talked about in yesterday's episode that I've got like four chocolate blocks in my fridge right now that have been there for weeks. I don't feel compelled to eat them because there's no rule about whether I can and can't eat them or not. I know that I can if I want to. And so because there's no rule, I can be like, oh, I can eat it tomorrow. I can eat it in a week. I can eat it in a month. There's no rule. So I don't feel compelled to eat it now because I'm going to deny myself tomorrow. I just decide in the moment, do I want to eat some now? Mm, Maybe I'll have some tomorrow. And it's amazing how much freedom you feel when you take the rules away. A lot of people are, are afraid of taking the rules away. I can't tell you how many clients have said to me, tell me to stop eating chocolate. And I'm like, I'm not going to say that. 
And in fact, I'm like, but you can, you can eat chocolate. And they're like, don't say that, don't. Because they don't trust themselves. But you really, the first step is taking the rules away. You got to do it. So give that a try. Your habit would be to focus on the routine and the ritual that makes the healthy choice the easy choice rather than setting yourself a rule and just trying harder. All right, next tip following on from the the last one is ditching this perfection mentality. It's this whole idea that there's this perfect diet. It's this all or nothing mentality that, you know, I've eaten one Tim Tam, so, you know, I may as well eat 10 of them or I've had a half a glass of wine so it turns into three glasses and a packet of Twisties and a bowl of ice cream, right? Had you just stopped at one Tim Tam, acknowledged the choice, enjoyed it and moved on, you actually would have saved yourself a crap load of extra calories and a sore tummy and all of the guilt that came along because you set a rule and then you broke it, which is why you felt guilty. So stop trying to aim for this idea of perfection. There is no such thing as the perfect diet, particularly if you stop removing the morality around food. There's no good or bad food. You are not a good or a bad person based on what you eat or what your body looks like or how big your or small your body is, you are are a beautiful, worthy human being. So the habit with this ditching the perfection mentality is when you eat something that wasn't what you planned to eat, just smile, enjoy every mouthful, remind yourself that you were an adult, that you are an adult and that you made a choice to eat that food that you're eating and then move on with your day. Don't beat yourself up about it and most certainly don't make a rule. Lastly, the last tip that I'm just going to mention really quickly because I'd actually like to do a whole episode on this one is work on your own food fussiness. Are you a fussy eater? Now we think about fussy eaters with toddlers and kids but for a lot of my clients over the years it has been a major barrier for them making healthy lifestyle changes. And I just want to mention that the good news is, is just like toddlers, you have the ability to learn to like new foods by persevering with them. And regular tastes of new foods means that you can begin to develop a palate for them in as little as two weeks. I taught myself to like tomatoes, avocados, olives, and seafood. Seriously true story. Well, that's it for today's episode and this little two-part series. I hope you found a couple of really key habits that you can start to implement into your life. Have a great day team and we'll catch you next time. A big thank you to the Capital Chemist and the Daily Dollop in crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.